Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. Welcome back to the Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Haley. And this week we have a fellow OCU law student. He's a 2L. His name is DJ Moore. And you guys are going to love his very inspirational story about, you know, having a rough, you know, entrance to law school like most of us, and then dealing with some setbacks and how he overcame them, and just really honing in on what you can do if you're faced with academic probation or even academic dismissal, which is something that a lot of people don't talk about. So we're so happy that DJ was able to be transparent and share this story with you guys, because we know that, you know, He's not the only one who's ever had to deal with it. And um, yeah, I think you guys are going to love it. Let's dive in with DJ. Please help me welcome our guest, 2L, DJ Moore. Hi, DJ. How are you? How's it going, ladies? I'm doing well. Good. We are so happy to hear that. So DJ, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. My name is DJ Moore, and I go to Oklahoma City University School of Law, and I decided to go to law school based on, you know, want to be able to see a change, want to be able to create that impact for others based on my personal experiences. So the biggest thing that I can say that I want to get out of it as well is knowing how to think on a different level and just make sure that I'm able to advocate for others who decide that they want a voice and to speak out, or if they don't want to speak out that they have somebody they can rely on. So you go to OCU with us. Um, Mm -hmm. We've obviously shared with the pod why we chose to go to OCU, but can you give us a little bit of insight on why you chose to go to OCU? Definitely. So I chose to go to Oklahoma City because one, it's three hours up the road on I-35 from Dallas. So it was pretty much a straight shot and the cost of living is cheaper in Oklahoma City as opposed to Dallas, Texas. If you look at the housing market, it is skyrocketing down there. And down here, I was able to get approved for a home loan. So I knew once I go to law school and I was able to get approved for a house, why not build equity during the time being? Because you're already going to go to debt in general. So that's pretty much the main thing was like location, three hours up the freeway and being able to buy a house. Awesome. That is an awesome thing to do, like think about ahead of time too. You know, Smart like man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe I should have done that. Right. <laughs> so you are a two L, but let's mm-hmm. back up to when you first started law school and you were a one L. How was your first semester Oof. of law school? 
<laughs> it was definitely challenging. It is definitely an eye opener. And if anything, law school would definitely expose your bad habits. And yeah. as you know, the class of 2023 transitioned to a unprecedented time during the pandemic. So yeah. not a lot of students had the, I would say, the skills necessary to know how to prep for law school during a pandemic. So I know the biggest challenges for me was how do I develop as a law student as I move on? Our semester was consolidated. So we had 12 weeks to prepare, prep, and learn how to be a law student. And then that was all before the Thanksgiving break. So as you kind of go through these factors of what you need to consider to say, hey, I want to be able to write. I want to be able to perform. How am I going to be viewed against my peers? Mm -hmm. Because even though we signed up for law school, it feels almost like gladiator school because it could definitely be cutthroat. Amen. So cutthroat. Yes, validate that 100%. Definitely. So, But the thing is that I'm not that type of individual to where I'd rather share knowledge with people rather than hold back from them. And that's pretty much how I came into the law school environment, knowing that's what I want to do and just build great relationships. So once I was able to kind of get the feel for the environment of being a law student, it was still challenging because there's no blueprint to this. You always have to continue to be able to be optimistic, to learn something new, or you're going to be trapped in this rigidness to where you're going to undevelop yourself before you get a chance to develop in nature how you need to. So it was definitely a a challenge learning how to read cases. The reads were definitely built on top of each other because it's not like, oh, it's 10, 15 pages every other day. It's like, now it's 30 because we got to run through this and y'all got to get all of this. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, where do I have the time at to take a shower or eat? So yeah. during that process, during that process, you learn along the way from your peers as well. Because I was also looking to others on how they prepare for law school. I'm not going to say I had the best or the worst study habits, but it's definitely a different feel for how you prepare for undergrad. And when you prepare <sighs> for an exam at undergrad, you're like, oh, yeah. That was what studying was like. Nah, <laughs> study is study is actually what I'm doing. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> it is definitely you got to meditate before you study before final <laughs> exams because it is you definitely lose your just shit. overwhelming. Yes, yes. <laughs> it definitely becomes overwhelming. So, so going into that, I thought I had everything under control, and once the final exams came up, mind you, the only trade you really get in writing is from the legal analysis, and I'm not saying that's like for better or for worse. But it could definitely give you a misconception on where you stand at with your peers because everything is graded on the curve. So even if yeah. you're like around the top or the middle, that's not based on what your professor wants. And you really have to look into the insight of how do I break down these black letter laws, these statutes, and write it in an IRAC method based on what my professor wants and not from how I think it should look. Mm-hmm. So going, going into that, you look into the final exams. And I can tell you right now, even though if you write and you think everything makes sense, they're going to look at you and like, well, tell me more. I mean, I know what you mean, but just tell me more a little bit. I'm, I'm like, I'm just, telling just you. Just a little bit more. Come on. Just, just, just a little bit just more. In this just tiny bit of time. Yeah. yeah. Just explain a little bit more. And it was confusing for me because you could completely have a legitimate argument. But let's just say, let's just say you get a call to the question. And for me, in contracts, that's where I perform the worst. And that's what put me in the situation I am to earn a, I had earned a D. So even though all my other grades were so par and like around the average of C or C plus range, I earned a D, which, you know, can kind of just tank it that much more if you already plan around that good standing. And 
I had, I think it was like a parole evidence calling it a question. And I just misinterpreted as far as I wrote for oral modifications. And, <laughs> and I was, and I, once I went in for final exam reviews, which is key because you do have to go in for those final exam reviews with your professors. He was like, you just missed the call another question. And the biggest thing for me was like, hey, is this a legitimate argument though? Like, could I use this in court if a client came to me and said, I need to help with this issue? And it's like, yeah, you, you can use it in court. Like, I think it's fair to say, like, that's a legitimate argument. But that's not the call another question. So no you're like, points. okay, yeah. what are we doing here today then? Yeah. And that was the biggest turnaround for me where I had to like, okay, I need to, I think I need to up it up a notch. And so coming out of that, um, coming out of the fall semester of 2020, mind you, 12 weeks, all the final exams was like two days back to back. Yeah. Um, some, it was some, brutal. I'm going to totally like, yeah. I, I got some of my worst grades that semester. I tried to take the MPRE and didn't pass. So like I'm validating mm. you and that this was the hardest semester at OCU Hall that anyone could have like gone through. And, and, and not even take consideration of personal affairs, right? Because you still yeah. have to manage everything that's going on on the side. Of course. And, and I had to go through some detriments as well, just transitioning to law school. Yeah. So that play that could play a huge factor within mentally how you need to manage yourself. And once I once I got out of the fall semester, I got my grades back at the spring. You know, my GPA was like around a one point seven, and it wasn't horrible for me because I don't look at statistics or grade as that's who I am. This is yeah. This is what I'm worth. Like that's nonsense for me. I'm all I'm all about character effort, perseverance, being resilient, and knowing that I can yes. make a comeback. And once I was able to look at it and take it into consideration what the dean had proposed to me, one of those was a fresh start option. And I'm like, for just one class, how about we just fresh start contracts and not just <laughs> yeah. fresh start all my courses? And they yeah. was like, no, nah, that's not how it usually works. So you have to, okay, so y'all want a fresh start on these loans too or, or fresh start on some funds. <laughs> so I'm like, no, that's not, that's not going to happen on my watch. So I decided to push forward because I knew I could bounce back from it. And when I, my main approach in spring semester, spring 2021, I said that one, I'm going to talk to all my professors. I outlined a way on office, how office hours was going to be conducted, what I was looking for. And a huge key turnaround for me too was doing mock essays. So it's like you approach your professors and you and you literally just have to be direct with them. And if you're not direct or you try to ask a question around the question, they may give you information that you didn't need, but you took that and you ran with it and said, I didn't get the guidance I need. I think that's you know a failure on the student behalf if you're not asking what you're looking for. And so when I approached these professors, I was like, what do you need from me? How can I take mock essays? And are you able to just go through and just give me the most critical criticism that you can give? I don't need, you know, no, you know, roses and flowers on top of my essays. I need you to scratch through it, red ink it, and let me know what I need to do better. And I had some professors, or pretty much all of them pretty much agree with me. And I was able to improve in a lot of courses. But contracts again, right? The C in contracts for me stands for kryptonite. That's all I can say, because I prepared the most for that class and I got a D plus. And that was pretty much like a slap in the face. To the heart. Yeah. Jeez. It's definitely a slap in the face. So I was like, okay, let me go to office hours again. And mind you, in properties, I had missed the main 
essay as far as like running out of time. So I was able to only get off like a few sentences on the biggest essay. And I made a C plus in properties. So I was like, okay, multiple choice and short answers must have went well because I know I didn't put as much as I was supposed to on (laughs) the main essay. So (laughs) I was like, thank you. And, and, you know, you don't get your grades back immediately. So one thing that I did do, because I knew I wanted to take a summer class, is that I wrote an appeal to take a summer course because I wasn't in good standing. And and it got approved to take for criminal procedure. And I was like, okay, I'm able to do this and I'm able to develop as a student. But once grades came out for spring semester, my GPA went from a 1.7 to like a 1.905. And that's not even like a tick under what I needed to do for academic probation. Mm. And so academic probation, I think the GPA required was like 1.975 or something like that. So I was like, one thing that I had asked of the administration was like, hey, can I just finish my criminal procedure class since it only has two weeks left and then see where it goes from there? But I was given this whole notion of that, you know, hey, the academic policies are strictly interpreted and that we unfortunately we're going to have to dismiss you, even though you're not even like a tick under what we need for you to you're literally like one hundredth away yeah. in GPA points. Yeah, it's it's like ninety nine point five. Yeah, exactly. from a hundred percent. Yeah, and I was like, You're like I, I was up. just <laughs> seriously. Let's make an exception here. It's one. It's shown improvement. Yeah, like improved that's what I was thinking. Student. Like hell yeah, you improved. Like if I if I went backwards and I'm asking for forgiveness, that's a little different. But mm-hmm. I was actually improving, and so I had I had got dismissed from the law school. It wasn't no academic probation or anything subtle. It was like, you're going to go through dismiss. And the main thing, main thing that was part of my argument was that one, like I said, I had two weeks left in my summer class. I wrote an appeal to take this summer class, which got yeah. approved. But at the same time, there was, I didn't agree with the grading method from how my contract professor graded his exam. And it's not to say it's wrong or not to say anything that, you know, will cause a detriment to that person as a professional. That's just something I disagree with. And it's basically what I discovered is that it's a curve inside of a curve and that the um, points that was being allocated for the essays, it was represented as 10 points on the final exam, but there was actually a different grading method that went into those essays as far as the points you can accumulate. So point being to be specific, I scored like around 18 points within the main essay and another student got 36 points. So you take that 18 and you divide to that 36, you get the five out of the 10 points that's on that essay. And I was like, okay, so what's the cap on the points that you get for students in that essay? And it was what I was told was that there is no cap. So I'm like, okay. I knew you were going to say that. Well, (laughs) let's just see how good everyone does. Let's, let's, let's just, you know, leave it wide open just, <sighs> just for whatever reason. So I was like, okay, so if I was like, if a student scores a hundred points, they just, they just wrote beautifully, majestically <laughs> from by your standard. <laughs> and all of a sudden I write this compelling argument that's still legitimate, uh, prima facie that if let's just say I scored 10 points, I only get one point out of 10 because that student got a hundred points. 
I was like, that's, I don't think that's fair. And then the mm-hmm. other points that's represented as far as multiple choice in a short answer, they are represented how they are perceived on the final exam. So if there's five points on that short answer, you get five points. So you know, multiple just choice. Essays. It's just the essays that it stretches. And when yeah. and I did my research, you know, because before this, I was uh, I was on course to get a master's in public administration. And one of those courses required is social research. And I looked into like the different ways that professors grade on law schools. And guess what? It comes to no surprise. There's not a lot of content out there on how professors grade law exams. (laughs) So what I did discover is that it is a method of called shadow grading. Mm -hmm. And it's you put a curve inside a curve because you want to value something specific more so on your exam. And it, it makes it harder for other students to recover if, like, just say you scored perfect on multiple choice. Yes. And and I was told that's how the bar does it as well. And I was like, I don't mm. think the bar does it like that. No, but okay. they don't. There's no curve. That's the, cute, though. Uh, thank this you. Nice try. Let me, yeah. let, me do my, let me do my research again as time moves yeah. So So once I was in the summer, I got dismissed based on that notion. I had to write an appeal to come back to law school. And in that appeal, I just pretty much wrote everything. Like, hey, I was going through some personal affairs. This was an unprecedented time. Yes. And one of the one of the counters that, that came with that was like, hey, you're not the only one that had to go through it. Everybody had to go through it. And I was like, okay, but everybody doesn't learn the same. And yeah. this was not a traditional or conventional way to transition law students into. Um, maybe students do need that one or two weeks to prepare because they're still trying to read. And you know how they emphasize briefer cases before classes what else take that to the heart like yeah. like if if i'm not briefing the case and i think i'm gonna get cold call I, i'm like whoo i hope i got some highlights in here that's gonna help me out yeah and um so once once i had got that counter i just i just knew that i was going to have to do something more and they granted the appeal based on me ha- being able to show improvement but i was met with these conditions that one I had to come up with a study plan or a study guide moving forward and that I had to take contracts again. And I was like, I have to take contracts again? The the class that I'm not even going to say that I performed the worst in because I still feel like I, well, I know that I know the material. Mm-hmm. But the nonetheless, the final exam score didn't show for it. So yeah. I took it, I took myself into account or I held myself accountable, excuse me, to be like, okay. Now you just got to show something more. Now you got to dig deep inside and know that, hey, this is where you fell at. Now you got nowhere but up from here. This is where mm-hmm. you shall rise. And I walked into my 2 well semester, and I had a whole new mentality. I definitely had a whole new mentality. And some of that came with a lot of tension, a lot of urgency, and a lot of anxiety as well, and having to manage yeah. that. So moving into my 2 well semester, it was different. You're dealing with this pressure. You're dealing with peers that pretty much they either know your business or they speculate about it because everybody's watching. We're we're mm-hmm. we're in a high intellectual environment. Whether we try to compare ourselves to our peers and be like, I'm not performing as good as they are, you're still smart. You still wrote a personal statement that described who you are and how you got yeah. here. And that's why you got accepted here. And I want to make sure my personal statement reflected on who I was as well as I move forward. Yeah. And 
I, I knew I had to take the approach like the same thing as talking to my professors, but making sure that I understood how they was going to grade the exams as well. And I know some of them still like at the beginning of the semester may or may not know how they're going to approach the finals. But I, I want to know what you are expecting when you present it as well. And being able to work with student of academic affairs, I took that to heart as well. So I was I was throughout the semester, I can say I wrote like 20 practice essays just wow. throughout my courses because that's something I want to do. Like I had spent less social time with everybody. I had to pretty much put myself in a box to where I'm, the sacrifices I made wasn't going to go unnoticed or unheard of for me mm -hmm. to be in this position that I am in now. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you are currently hooked on Never Lie by Frieda McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. So you, did you end up having to retake contracts? Yes. So I did end up having to... Mm -hmm, I'm sorry. Okay. So um, did they make it... You take it with the same professor or a different professor? I just want to know how that works because, you know, like, what if it's that one professor that grades, you know, just... Yeah. Fortunately, they didn't put me in the same class with the same professor. And I'm not saying that one way or another, but, you know, it just would have been an uneasy feeling. Yeah. So they definitely made sure not to do that. So it was with a different contracts professor. And the approach with that was like, it's the same genre, right? It's contracts, but you still got to look at, okay, what can I do for this professor differently yeah. without switching up how I improved as a student? Yeah. And I think that was the biggest key for me because even though you could conceptualize the material, you also have to contextualize it. And me being just a black man in law school, it's only one, I think, I'm like one out of two black men in my law school class. Mm -hmm. And so everything is not going to look as, I guess, pristine as it should or or how it could be presented based on how 
based on how real life circumstances are presented to me and yeah. my upbringing mm-hmm. and yeah. how I interpret the statutes to, for them to how it work. So majority of individuals would be like, okay, yeah, I can see how that works because that's how I seen it applied. But for me, it's like, I seen that applied a little differently. So now I'm right to how I interpret it just through life in general. Yeah. And so once once I had to understand, like, you have to dial back because you do have to meet this level of conformity in law school. Yeah. You, you do, do have to understand that the professors want this this certain way. And I was like, okay. So I was like, okay, once I went to student academic affairs, I just pretty much used this as like a baseline of how can I present this to my professors as well to know that this is something I get poised for as far as structure, as far as where do you put the rule at and then where do you start your analysis and breaking down those elements? Where do they give the most points? I mean, at the end, end of the day, every time we take a final exam, I think, okay, what does this professor want and how many, how can I get the most points? And they'll tell you. They'll tell you, and the, you cannot get points just because you analyzed a rule in the wrong spot of I your know. own essay. I know. <laughs> You're like, this is my argument. I didn't put it in the wrong spot. I this is my reason. essay. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> They're like, nah, that's not. That's not how uh, justice such it. and such wrote it. And you're like, literally, oh. their favorite justice, right? So, <laughs> how did you? How did the retaking contracts go? It didn't go quite as how it should. And once I had to go through my 2L semester and I had to approach these finals, mind you, I had a whole new preparation scheme on how I was going to approach it. Mm-hmm. I had I had to meditate a little bit before these final exams. And I also, and I took this out of um, the late, great Kobe Bryant book. He said before a game or before a major game, he used to listen to the Halloween theme song. So you know how you hear that? Dun, 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 dun. I used to just play that instrumental before every final exam because I'm like, I'm finna kill this. Like, yes, gonna be like no mercy on these final exams. <laughs> yes, and and I was able to commit homicide on those final exams <laughs> and get A's and B's um, for my two L semester, my two uh, L fall semester. But there was one grade that still just didn't quite look right, and it was the C minus in contracts. Damn. And I was like, I cannot escape you. I cannot defeat you. Kryptonite. You but weren't kidding. Oh, and I had to look at it. It's like, contracts doesn't define you. That's maybe, what I was about to say. say. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> if you're making A's and B's and other things, yeah, like, screw this. You know, like, everyone has that class where you, it just like. It just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work. And yeah. like, whatever it is. No matter how just, much you know. Yes, and like you no said, I can tell much. you know the material. He, you were t- saying modification. Da, da, da. I'm like, I don't even know what you're saying. Like, <laughs> no, totally. Like, it's just, oh. But it, it, it's brutal for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm really glad to know, though, that it, the grade went up and it continued to go up, even whenever, you know, you made the D, you made the D plus, a C minus. Like, it's, it's going still up. improvement. It's literally improvement. And that's what really matters. It's, it's definitely improvement. And the GPA from that semester I came out with was a 2.8. Hell uh, yeah. so, exactly. So I was like, okay, now I know that I know this and I'm competent enough to perform well with my peers, not compare myself, but perform well with mm-hmm. my peers. Because yep. at the end of the day, let's just say somebody wants to study real estate. Somebody else wants to study c- criminal. Why are we being compared against one another when we still Agreed. go to two different fields? Yep. Like you mm-hmm. like to write wheels. I'd rather run away from it. But okay. Yeah. 
we all we <laughs> so, we're all needed in the field. So it's like, why are we have to be so pressured against each other and so much competition derived between each other exactly. when we're all really needed for the for the legal fields? You know, it's 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 already predicated as an exclusionary profession, and it's selective <laughs> no based for you to come into law school. So it's. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, why would you make it selective based just to make sure you can exclude people from progressing once they're here as well? Is it the job just to train them while they're here? Even even yeah. if they're performing not as quite as you think they should, if the effort is there and the performance is there, I think that should just be that should just be a level of empowerment or sense of empowerment to be like, we can continue to develop our students better. Absolutely. And that's and that was the biggest takeaway from that. But to also look at it in this perspective in hindsight as well, I had to break down where I was where I was performing well when I approached my two L semester two. And I had to pretty much look at one thing that I took into consideration is um the the professors and I separated men against women to look at the GPA aspect of where I was performing best at. And I had one African-American female professor. The other women professors were white. And then I had pretty much all white male professors. And what I discovered was that um, under my white male professors, not to say one way or another, but I had a 1.6 GPA when Mm -hmm. I looked at it. And then against the women professors, I had a 2.5, 2.6 GPA. So I knew into my 2L semester, my fall 2L semester, I'm going to choose a course that's a woman professor to make sure I can just stay here and solidify my <laughs> yeah, spot. Yeah, you're like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be suspicious or anything, but yeah. what works for you. And that, exactly. I mean, yeah, that totally makes sense. So now you are in your spring of 2L mm-hmm. and you are busy working your butt off, I'm sure. What yes, classes are you in this semester? The classes that I'm in is Will Trust in the States, Constitutional Law, Contracts. No. I'm doing contracts and I'm doing my writing requirement and I took pretrial litigation. And I'm working on my LLI, NPRE, because I like the practical aspect of law school. I don't need to try to remember. All right, let me rewind this. I understand the requirement to learn 16 <laughs> weeks of material to perform on a final exam, but I like the practicality and the advocacy Absolutely. aspect of the profession. And that's where I thrive the most at. I'm sure you're loving free trial litigation then. Uh, it is an honor to be in there with Judge Trump. So oh, yes. she, she is a, a phenomenal individual. She takes time to make sure you understand things yes. because you, you definitely make these court visits and you have these questions and you just want that judicial insight on, hey, what would you rule if I was to say this or sustain? What do you expect? Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. just nice to know how the judge and the expectations when you walk in the courtroom, especially as a law student, like you said, the practical side of being a lawyer, there's no doubt in my mind that you are going to be great at that and that that is something that successful lawyers need a lot. And the grades don't always come out in the courtroom, right? Mm -mm, mm -mm. You're not remembering your client's case by heart when you go into the courtroom as well. No. You're not going in there with no book. If if I was a client yeah. and I see my attorney come in there without their rule book and a <laughs> summary of my case, I would be worried. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so 
if anyone's listening right now and they're in a situation, maybe they're a 1L and, you know, they got grades back and they're in a similar mm-hmm. situation, what is like a word of encouragement or a top tip that you would give them to kind of get through this and, you know, reframe that mindset? I, I'm a philosophical individual and I hold myself to a set of principles to where they help me remember my motivation. One is my kids. I'm a father of two, and carrying pictures with them reminds me of who I'm doing it for at the end of the day yeah. and being that example. So if I'm not able to remain resilient for myself, let me at least remain resilient for them. So look forward to that extrinsic value or that sentimental value that makes you wake up every day to be like, this is what I'm doing it for. If I was defined by statistics or numbers, I wouldn't be where I'm at today because somebody would always try to assess that and tell me what I wouldn't be able to do as opposed to how I can move forward. And another thing is that losses are not really losses. They're actually lessons. You're Mm -hmm. only taught what not to do moving forward or you're taught to how to improve that moving forward. Yeah. So if you're right there by the finish line and somebody comes and they get first place, I mean, what is really first place at the end of the day? If it's not like a strict competitive sport, like basketball or track, Mm -hmm. track and fields. Yeah. Like there's a clear cut winner at the Mm -hmm. end on who crosses the tape. But for law school, there, there's not no clear cut when it crosses the tape as far as what you're trying to bring to the field or to the yeah. profession. You can accumulate accolades all day, but you have to understand first who you are, how you're learning, and making sure that those losses are taken as lessons. And then mm-hmm. also is that your strengths, develop those strengths, make them, make them as well-rounded as you can. Yeah. And that my, that your weaknesses are not actually weaknesses. They're just strengths that need to be improved that you just yeah. didn't take in consideration at that time. So if you did feel like you was weak in that subject, you're not really weak. It's just that now I need to take the time out to develop this as a strength because it's going to pretty much align with my other strengths and make me that much more greater, make me that much more better. Yeah. Nobody, nobody is above nobody. In my perspective, nobody's above nobody in law school. We all came here with the notion of one to be better, one empower others, because it's a civil servant attitude for, for me. It's a civil servant attitude as far as I have to do something for somebody else in order to reach yeah. the benefit that I'm trying to get at the end of the day, whether if it's yeah. monetarily or intrinsically, however it may come you to, to you. You have to get there, yeah. You have to get there, and that benefit comes by serving others first. So you, I, just, I just leave with this. If you fall, you shall rise. You are that rose that's going to come out the concrete and that I would let nothing discourage me or deter me away from the end goal on what I see for myself. And if there are obstacles along the way, embrace them and and look at it straight in the face and know that you're going to defeat it regardless. It should help you. Once you go through the adversity, it's an adversarial system. The legal system in the U.S. is an adversarial system. So if you're going through adversity and you feel like you're failing, that's already the wrong mentality to have. Once you see that adversity, I'm here to stay. What do you want to do? How, yeah. how am I going to defeat you? Because I'm going to come up with a game plan, and it's going to be time to execute. And when it's time mm-hmm. to execute, that's where I shall thrive, and that's where I shall yeah. rise. 
Amazing. That was so great, DJ. Yes. I need that inspiration as I get ready to just finish out my law school career. So thank you so much for sharing with us. And we really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. And good luck to y'all as well. I appreciate being here. I appreciate that you ladies go out and do what y'all need to do every day. And having a platform like this to empower others is truly inspirational. And it's truly a, a great insight for others to just get a lot of different perspectives from a lot of people. So kudos to y'all as well. And I appreciate being here. And if anyone wants to follow you, find you, message you, um, where can they reach you? Um. I prefer IG. It's a public platform for me, so you can easily go there. It's at LawCTRT1992, and you will see me with some pictures of my dogs, my French bulldogs. You may see my kids on there. So you're definitely in the right spot if you see that. Awesome. Thank you so much, DJ. No problem. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I am literally going to listen to the Halloween theme song before the bar exam so I can literally commit homicide on those multiple choice questions and basically all of it, but I feel like the most multiple choice questions are going to be the craziest. I love how inspirational DJ is. He talked so much about falling down and rising back up, changing, pivoting, all the things that we preach on this podcast and that we try to live by. You know, so many times things don't work out necessarily the way you expect it. And instead of just giving up, you know, you push through, you persevere, diligence, all the things that we've learned in law school. And he is a great example of that. And not only is he training to be an advocate, but clearly he's advocated for himself when he, you know, went to the administration and was like, you know, let's work this out. Let's do something. I know I'm capable. And that also just shows you guys that you are in control of your education. You're paying a lot of money to go to law school. So, you know, it doesn't hurt that if you're in a situation where you, you know, similar to DJ's, talk to your administration and tell them like why you deserve to be there. And just like, you already got there for a reason, you know? And number one, just do not give up on yourself. If there's anything that you can take away from DJ's story and everything that he went through and has gone through and has learned, it's to never give up. If you want to be a lawyer, you'll freaking be it. So keep working hard, you guys. We know law school's hard. We know being a lawyer is hard. But if you want it bad enough, you'll do it. So if you want some more advice from DJ personally, go follow his Instagram. It's going to be in the show notes. And on that note, guys, we hope that you have a great day. Also, a lot of you are in spring break or about to be on spring break. So enjoy that. Relax. Stay safe. And we will talk to you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.